The little crazy guy? Yeah. Was that the monkey? No, that was the little boy. Yeah, the little boy. Boy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was pretty good. <laughs> you are listening to Nonsenseology. Welcome to Nonsenseology, everybody. I don't know what week this is. Zach, can you inform us on that, bud? This is rolling into the double digits, episode 10. Huh. Whoa. Whoa, big one zero. Huh? How about that? Uh, so, just as a heads up for everybody, the topic we're going to start off with this week this week is not for the faint of heart. If you're not, uh, you know, if you're not all about the... Uh, only. Yeah, if you're not all about the whole dark side of life... I recommend maybe kind of finding a different podcast or skipping forward a couple of minutes. Steer them away from our Well, I mean, I'm just saying, we're going to talk about serial killers to start off today, and not a lot of people like getting into that topic, because it's kind of gruesome. It's not even kind of gruesome. It's super gruesome. It's terrible. People are insane. Well, some of the top podcasts are about crime. Well, yeah, some podcasts are about crime, yeah, but ours is just about random stuff. That's like one of the most popular kind. Listen, again, as a heads up, lots of gore, grotesque stuff. If these people come in here expecting a podcast about, oh, I don't know, let's say eagles, yeah, unicorns, and then they hear about a lady getting her eyes gouged out, I don't think they're going to be too happy about that one. Zach. Well, this is a podcast where anything and everything's on the table. Okay, well, you ain't wrong. Whoa, 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 whoa. Hey, can we play a quick game real quick? Sure. What's no. up? Let's hear it. All right. No. So, I shouldn't have agreed, but. Jackie Chan, Chris Pratt, and uh, Dwayne Johnson. You got to bungee jump with one, you got to fight one, and you got to play video games with one. Yeah. Who would it be? Don't Here, even think about it. Go. Fighting Chris Pratt. Uh, wait, what was it? Jackie Chan or Dwayne Johnson. Oh, wait. Oh, okay. No, no, no. I'm going <clears> to. <throat> Yeah, I'm going to fight... Oh, crap. Now, is it like the current ones or them in their prime? Because I'll fight no, Jackie... Currently. currently. Okay, I'll fight Jackie Chan now. Oof. That's still... And then go bungee jumping? And what was the last one? Play video games. Oh, play video games with... Dang, that's hard. Mm. Play video games with Chris Pratt and go bungee jumping with Dwayne The Rock Johnson. I'll fight The Rock, play video games with Chris Pratt and go bungee jumping with Jackie Chan. So you want to die? I want to learn a thing or two. Wait, wait, wait so what you, would you say on video games? Chris Pratt. Yeah, yeah, that's, I would definitely pretty play, cool. yeah, video games with Chris Pratt. Because, I mean, obviously that's, that's a lot of room for talking. Well, who are you fighting? He's hilarious. Yeah, I'm going to I'm gonna have to say, uh, I guess my answer is the same as Kevin, because, yeah, I'd probably, I'd probably fight Dwayne Johnson just to say okay. that you fought Listen, Dwayne Johnson. Listen, all I'm saying yeah. is Dwayne Johnson's Fighting is probably, hey, I'm a giant monster. I'm yep. going to hit you one time and you're going to die. Basically. Whereas Jackie Chan is a legitimate mixed martial artist that could actually teach you a thing or two against somebody that you're capable of fighting. Because I don't care how much judo and stuff you know, a guy our size fighting a guy the rock size is way, did you very, like, very slim. Did you like how diverse my little cast there was? Yeah, I appreciate that. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure the listeners do too. So, yeah. So serial killers. Okay, yeah. So anyways, back to our actual topic today. One of them anyways. Uh, serial killers. So let's start off by saying, just because sometimes this can get a little bit skewed, uh, serial killers based on a definition from the FBI in 2005. Is this all allegedly or is this facts? Well, a lot of this is facts. Well, so basically kind of what I'm going to, just to give you a brief overview, we're just going to kind of discuss what serial killers are. Kind of hear you guys. But do we have to say like keywords like allegedly a lot? 
like allegedly the podcast is called nonsenseology all this stuff may or may not be factual fictional or just plain bullshit but most of it is supported by reality okay guys uh it's not a bunch of just crap we'll just instead of having to plug in the word in all the time this all could allegedly be true or not allegedly do you have do you have an issue with me using the word allegedly allegedly because i allegedly use this word a lot to allegedly cover my ass there we go yeah all right that's my what smart ass. people do Zach. <laughs> all right just go before i start laughing are you gonna interrupt me again with any more stupid questions or can no. i get into it no yeah. Okay, good. Thank yeah, God. So, so according to the FBI, a serial killer or somebody that qualifies as a serial killer is... What are the qualifications? Wait a second. Based on a definition given by... Oh, okay, okay, okay. So, serial killing based on a definition given by the FBI in 2005 is the unlawful killing of two or more victims by the same offender or offenders in separate events. So, say you go off and uh, kill a guy. Uh, you can't. It's, it's not like you go off and kill two people at once, three people at once, or in like a, a mass killing, a mass shooter. It's somebody that kills multiple people in the same incident. A serial killer is somebody that's doing this on multiple occasions. Yeah. <clears throat> now, according to a database run by the Radford University and the Florida Gulf Coast University, in 1987, there were approximately 198 separate serial killers active in the United States, whereas there were only 43 in 2015 and two in 2019. Wow. Now, there's a bunch of different reasons for why these numbers could be dropping so drastically, or I mean, even if it's not drastically, you know, two serial killers is still a lot of serial killers to have active yeah you know because whenever you think of serial killers you think of people like ted bundy uh jeffrey dahmer jeffrey dahmer richard kuklinski uh john wayne Gacy. yeah there's tons of them i mean the list goes on and on and on and even according to some sources there's been as many as as of 2016 there were as many as three thousand active serial killers at once damn yeah and that's just absolutely. globally no in the united states just in 2016. Again, I don't. I'm not. I did a lot of reading for this, so I'm not entirely sure where specifically I read that. Ooh. Um, I mean, this is just a side note, but and it may have nothing to do with serial killers. But um, when was that? Do you remember uh, a time where there was like, like girls being taken all the time? Maybe like five, six years ago. Yeah, and Taken One and Taken Two, they made movies about it. There are there are Taken movies. Um, I mean, I feel like human abduction has always been very common. Uh, the well, I biggest just didn't know like if they tied into serial killers. Well, I mean, yeah, no, that definitely whoa, whoa, does. Whoa, whoa. I the, just botched that serial killers. The biggest decade uh, for for active serial killers was the 1980s. So, and uh, I mean, you know, you're always gonna, especially now with technology, you're gonna hear more about kidnappings about killings things along those lines so it could seem more prevalent that way but uh i think that that could just there's a lot that plays into that but i think kidnappings have always been part of what have been what has been going on especially by like organized crime groups uh you you know yeah A, a lot of kidnappings happen by individuals but there's also people that are kidnapping for other reasons like selling them into slavery and you know different horrible situations like that but uh, even if we consider, if we if we look at serial killing, if we define serial killing 
as the killing of three or more victims. Those numbers only dropped to 138 serial killers in 1987, 26 in 2015, and that number still remains at two for 2019. Um, So, like I said, there's a bunch of reasons why serial killers may not be as active. Um, Unfortunately for these... What's that? Coronavirus? Coronavirus, Pre-2020. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Definitely coronavirus right now. But... um, Serial killer, serial killing is just kind of becoming a harder hobby to go about, I guess. Their favorite hobby is becoming harder to do because... Cameras everywhere. Bingo. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. That's the, one of the everyone's biggest got, things behind it. Everyone's got technology. Uh, but not only cameras, but DNA evidence is becoming way more prevalent. So if you so much as drop a strand of hair, if you when you enter a room, you leave behind all kinds of physical evidence, whether you... Realize that or not, fibers off of your clothing can be linked back to you. Uh, saliva, so fingerprints. Whatever clothing you were wearing when you did this event, burn them. You could try, but even then you could still have like your hair. You could have a, a hair fiber that got caught on your shirt. And then that little bit of hair got knocked off onto the floor. And detectives, they'll try and find that stuff. I'm not saying that they're going to, but they will try to find stuff like that. And with DNA evidence becoming so much, becoming more prevalent, it's becoming easier for these serial killers to get caught. Like you said, though, with cameras, that's another big thing that's deterring people from becoming serial killers. We also have smartphones, which in yeah. any kind of emergency situation, I think what you hold down your side buttons, two Stuff side like that, buttons like that, phones, for yeah. three seconds, and it'll it'll automatically make an emergency call for you. Yeah. It's becoming less practical for somebody to harm somebody else without them getting caught. Um, and another big thing that plays into this is people don't hitchhike anymore. That's true. People do, but it's not, not nearly as... as yeah, there's common. nowhere near as many people hitchhiking now as there used to be in the 70s, 80s, mm-hmm. maybe even early 90s. Uh, you know, that's kind of died down fairly quickly. Yeah. <clears throat> Okay, so some other theories kind of, um, so some other theories that relate back to why these, why serial killers aren't as prevalent anymore, but that there's uh, there's thoughts that maybe there's interventions going on more often with younger children because society is becoming more, let's say, aware of how abuse impacts people from a younger age. Yeah. So realizing that society as a whole is kind of started stepping itself up and taking that response that social responsibility of intervening with these children that we see going down these wrong roads, whether that's a family intervention or a CPS coming in and intervening. So you're basically just saying how kids are brought up. That I'm not saying that's the only reason, but that I personally believe that that is a huge reason for people going into a life of crime. Yeah, I, think I can be, see that. Because whenever you grow up in an abusive home... Not only are you more, like, adjusted to that kind of violence, that kind of anger and temperament, but you also develop different mentally. Like, different lobes of your brain don't develop the same as somebody that grew up in a healthy household. So, a child that grew up getting beat uh, his whole life may, I'm not entirely sure what it is, but let's say their frontal lobe or their, uh, yeah, like, like, like their frontal lobe, their cerebrum is smaller than a normal person so they're not able to process those fits of rage the same way a normal person could 
there's tons of stuff that plays into why people become so killers. You think, you think the child carries like tons of resentment, and then then just take that yeah. resentment on mm-hmm. just strangers? Yeah, absolutely. Well, and I a think lot of them too do. that, uh, especially within the last ten years, I think mental illness has been a lot more in common terminology. I think it's getting addressed and brought to light a little bit more so now. So I think, and hopefully, I'm right that that number is going to decrease, but the number of mental uh, illness cases or however you would classify them is going to increase, but that's not necessarily a bad thing because you're making it aware and getting the help that you need for yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. I think, yeah, yeah that's a very, <clears throat> a very good point. Whereas back then, it was just like... It was, it was more pushing uh, the rug. Yeah, uh, get over it, push the rug, don't yeah. talk about it. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Like, it's... It, People are getting away from this concept of manly men, in my opinion. They're, it's yeah. not it's not manly to sit there and keep your feelings in anymore. Yeah, I still think that's there. It's still there to a certain extent. I mean, to an but, extent, yeah. but at the same time, I personally don't think it's manly if you're sitting there having a fit of rage and you feel like you're about to go psychotic and lose your shit. Yeah. I don't think it's manly to sit there and hold that in and then end up losing your shit. I think yeah. it makes you more of a man going and either talking to a friend or talking to a counselor or talking to a medical professional to help bring you from that, you know, that what we hope is your peak of rage. Of... Yeah, no return. We want to get you back on the right path before you just start falling down that slippery Spaz slope. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And dude, with mental illnesses, a lot of people can't help that. Like, you don't even realize that you're going ballistic. But that, that, that's a total, I mean, we can go on with that forever. Yeah, I think that's a very good point is people be becoming more aware of mm-hmm. things like um, anxiety, depression, uh, schizophrenia, yeah. bipolar disorder. Um, but along with that, there's a, there's a couple other theories. There's two more that I'd like to talk about, but one of them I don't necessarily agree with. It's kind of way out. I mean, not way out there, but I think it's a bit out there. Another theory is that easier access to pornography is providing an outlet that satiates serial killer sexual impulses. Interesting. Which is kind of, like you said, interesting. It's neat. Uh, I don't know if neat's the word, but it's a, it's a neat thing to think about that, you know, this this access to pornography is giving these would-be killers a chance to relieve that kind of stress. Like, it, it, you see, I mean, you, you hear a lot of serial killers talking about how they're ties with their sexual fantasies tie in directly with these killings and their um, appetite, whether that be a sexual appetite or a murderous appetite. Uh, but if, again, these are all theories, but if people are, if, if access to pornography is settling people down, then by all means, go ahead, I guess. <laughs> if that's your poison. Yeah, I mean, yeah. <laughs> I'm just laughing at your, your word choice of neat. I don't really know how else to describe it. It's kind of a <laughs> weird situation. I mean, everybody, ever. I, I feel like everybody has looked at pornography at least once or twice in their life. It's you, yeah, I mean, it's pretty common that it's a general assumption. But what, what drives a person to go from, you know, looking at... Because I feel, I mean, even... Uh, I don't know. Even back in the days, you know, you still had access to some pornography. I mean, you, it would. I guess it's harder to access at that point. But there were still magazines and stuff along those lines that portrayed nude people. That'd be an interesting topic. What's that? Pornography? Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, we've gone from 
the Hustlers magazine and Playboys to OnlyFans. Yeah, essentially. <laughs> a lot more accessible. So, uh, did you say there was one more theory? Yeah, there's one more theory that I'd like to kind of touch base on. And then from there, uh, we'll just go on to this last theory. So, the last theory, which I think is kind of reaching, is that the would-be serial killers are turning instead to mass shootings. Mm, Yeah. Um, Just because maybe it's harder to kill on these separate events you have. I mean, there's all kinds of different reasons, but again, I don't necessarily think that. I think people that do mass shootings and people that are serial killers, I think they have different motivations. Um, I feel like serial killers have like a long-term psychological problem, whereas um, somebody that commits a mass shooting could just have something as simple as an episode. Yeah. Uh, not that that's necessarily but, true. But a very severe episode, but an episode nonetheless. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's taking an episode and taking it to the extreme. Yeah. And when we say episode, we mean, a, you know, just a psychological episode, something going into a fit of some sort. What do you think, Zach? You've been awfully mm-hmm. quiet. Are we scaring you? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah? I, I see the fear in your Sh- eyes, bud. Shaking on my bones. <clears throat> I don't know. I just... I don't know. There's just, uh, yeah, I guess, like you said, the mass shootings is, I don't, I mean, I just don't, because most of the time it, or they generally just end up uh, taking their own life as well. So it's just like, I don't, I don't really know what they even get out of it, you know? So. And they, and at that point, they may not even know what they get out of it. But at the time, whatever is going on inside of is like, yeah, this is what you should definitely do kind of thing. Yeah. Well. Okay, so I said I had one more, but now I actually have one more, like, legitimate reasoning behind why people are stepping away from the whole serial killer role, like, serial killer lifestyle. Allegedly. Um, Allegedly. Allegedly. So, uh, in October 2019, a story in The Atlantic pointed to longer prison sentences and a reduction in parole as to a reason why serial killers may be stepping down. Hmm. Uh, Many serial killers are convicted of murder and then kill again on their release. This brings me to the first serial killer that I'd like to talk about. This guy's kind of a... This guy's definitely... I mean, he's a shithead who's been gaining a bit of notoriety lately and will definitely end up ranking amongst killers such as, like we said earlier, Bundy, Dahmer, and Gacy. Uh, Samuel Little, who actually has, I think it's on Netflix now, Confessions of a Killer. Um, He's been gaining quite a bit of notoriety lately. Uh, He has confessed to killing 93 people over 30 years and was was arrested dozens of times. And this just goes back to pointing to that last theory that killers, that these people who are serial killers are people that kill and then get, get out of the, yeah. go to prison get out and kill again um, the FBI has confirmed over 60 of his supposed kills many of these victims were sex workers and people with addictions which made it a lot harder to get a solid case against him there was plenty of times not plenty of times but there were a couple of times when he had gone to trial and because this person was a misfit they weren't necessarily able to stand trial they weren't able to make a case against him or a solid like you know they weren't able to uh, they weren't they weren't a reliable witness sure to what he had done gosh the, the justice system whatever legal system is just 
Well, it's hard to trust somebody that's strung out on drugs. You know, they could be accusing somebody of something just... Just throw them all in jail. Uh, (laughs) But at the same time, I mean, the jails are overpopulated, so... There's another way to fix that, too. But, you know... Well, that kind of brings up an interesting thought of legalizing uh, all drugs. Because Mm -hmm. at that point, you kind of facing Darwinism, you know, yeah. people have these access to drugs which are now legal, the money goes back into a taxed system rather than out onto the, rather than out into an illegal trade, yeah. hopefully, and In a cash society. a lot of people, unfortunately, will not make it because of overdoses, and that, again, is just Darwinism. That's a terrible thing to say because my family deals with addiction, they deal with a lot of issues like that, and I've had a few, I've had plenty of family members overdose, but... That's just the truth, you know. That'll clear out jails. I mean, you're not wrong. <sighs> but anyways, going back to Samuel Little, uh, this guy was absolutely bonkers. He was in and out of jail constantly. Come 1961, at the age of 21, Little was sentenced was sentenced to three years in prison for breaking into a furniture store in Lorraine. He was released in 1964. Only 11 years later... He had already been arrested 26 times in 11 states for crimes including theft, assault, attempted rape, fraud, and attacks on government officials. 26 times in 11 years, and they just kept letting this guy yeah, out. Yeah, I was going to say, well, I mean, like, why they just keep letting him out for? Jesus. Various reasons. All kinds of different reasons. Uh, parole, I'm sure, is a big one. But, I mean, just looking back at it and seeing assault, attempted rape, Things of those sorts, I can't believe that they would let somebody out yeah. that's like that. I could understand getting a drug charge, like we said earlier, and getting out of prison, sure, or getting on parole, but if, you, if you're if you accused like, of rape, I feel like that is just something that you should never get out of, you should never be allowed out for. Sounds like these police officers or whoever is well, and handling them were all just kind of loosey-goosey. They're... Let me run that back just a second and see if this is what you mean to say. You mean to say accused of rape or convicted of rape? Because accused of rape, there are so many... What's also the wrong thing in our society, too, is so many people make false allegations. Not saying that there are not... Right, right, there absolutely. definitely are. But there are... I have seen instances where, you know... Uh, good guys that literally didn't do anything in the sorts will get mixed up with wrong people, like wrong women, or vice versa, and be falsely accused of, you know, like rape or unwanted sexual advances. Yeah, it does happen, but in a, in the case of a guy like this, I all that says from my research, all I could find was that he was um, arrested for crimes such as attempted rape. Uh, honestly, with a guy like this, sure, he's probably a rapist. He sounds like a complete freaking psycho. Uh but continuing on with this story, in October of 1984, again, going back to these short jail sentences, in October of 1984, he was arrested for kidnapping, beating, and strangling a 22-year-old who survived. One month later, he was found by police, and again, he was arrested for that. One month later, he was found by police in the backseat of his car with an unconscious woman, also beaten and strangled in the same location as the attempted murder of the 22-year-old. Little only served two and a half years in prison for both of these crimes. You know, oh, you know there's something I've just wondered is like, with just like all these kind of guys, it's like being in and out of jail or just uh, 
are doing what they're doing, it's just like there's no way that they hold up a job. So like, what are they getting this money to survive? Um, this guy, if I remember correctly, was a boxer. Um, let me double check on that. But he was. He said he was a. He, he did prize fighting as a boxer, um, which that is oh, basically. That's good. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Um, but yeah, it's just like uh, it's just like especially because you said like it crossed so many states. It's just like how to keep getting from state to state. <clears throat> I mean, obviously, it, he couldn't have held a job for being in and out of jail as much as he was. No, uh, and you're not wrong. I, I can't find it off the. Unless it would take me a second to look into it, but yeah, no. I mean, with how often he was in and out of jail, I don't see him working anything sustainable. Prize fighting, being a boxer like that, that would make sense because he could just go and fight a couple fights, make a few hundred dollars, and then you know work off of that for a couple of days until he goes and fights again. Yeah. Drug trade, I'm sure. Drug trafficking was probably something that this guy was involved in. But we don't have to worry about Samuel Little, any, Samuel Little anymore because thankfully he died in 2020 due to health conditions, pre-existing mm-hmm. health conditions. Hmm. Yeah. Sure was blamed, blamed on COVID. <laughs> it could have been. It could have been. Uh, I believe he lived to the ripe, ripe age of like 80-something, 81 He's born in 1940, so whatever that makes him, 81 years old, right around there. And was he in jail like this whole time? He ended up getting, his last murder, I believe, was in 2005, and he was arrested in 2012. He said he was 81? Yeah, 81 years old when he passed away. Gosh, what does that make it, like 60-something? Something like that. Jesus Christ. Yeah, just a complete sociopath. Now, this next guy is somebody that has has been around for a while. Lots of people know about him. Lots of people know plenty about him. But he is probably, I don't know if I can call him my favorite, but the, he is the serial killer I find to be most interesting. And the reason is because I think this guy is like the epitome of just evil. Like, I, I, don't, I don't think that there is any other serial killer out there that has just been as... In interviews and things along this line, I don't think there's been any serial killer out there to be as cold as Richard the Night Stalker Ramirez. I've heard of him. A lot, and again, very, very famous. Active uh, in California, all throughout mm-hmm. the L.A. area. He was active for about a year from April 1984 to August 1985. And he has a confirmed number of victims, around 15. But this guy, complete and utter sociopath, <clears throat> claimed to have killed around 20 people, I believe. Um, this guy boasted himself as a super criminal. He and he so he boosted, he boasted himself as a super criminal, and the reason for his killings is he just thoroughly enjoyed watching people die. He is quoted saying, "I would shoot them in the head, and they would wiggle and squirm all over the place, and then just stop, or cut them with a knife and watch their face turn real white." That's how dark and sadistic this guy was. Not only that, but during his killings, during his robberies and things along these lines, he would force people to swear to Satan. He was a devout Satanist. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I remember seeing that on the, on the yeah. Netflix documentary. Yes, that, there is a Netflix Netflix documentary about him that's very good as well. I watched that a little while, probably. Yeah, it was, I don't know. It was six like left months the, ago, something like that. I think he, for most of the, the scenes, he fleed. He 
like put a pentagram somewhere. Yeah, he would paint pentagrams, hang crucifixes upside down, uh, just do whatever he could to mock Christianity or anything along those lines. But a complete Satanist. Uh, and a little bit of his background, he was poorly educated. He came from a poor family with a highly abusive father. He was the youngest of five. But the most messed up thing about his childhood, at least in my opinion, at the age of 12, he started becoming influenced by his just absolutely bonkers cousin, Miguel. Miguel, uh, Miguel was a retired Green Beret who would show Richard all these horrific pictures from his time in war. He would show him pictures of people that he had murdered, women that he had assaulted. And even one time he showed him, and even in one instance, he showed him a photo of him posing with the severed head of a woman he had assaulted. Damn. Yeah. So obviously Miguel was prone to violence, like super violent. Yeah. And in May of 1973, with Richard, a young Richard Ramirez present, he shot his wife in the face. Fatally shot her in the face. Again, Richard was right there with the guy. And with all of these crazy things that Miguel had been feeding Richard, you can kind of see where this whole darkness started to form. Uh, So after he shoots his wife, again, going back to the whole people go to prison, get out of prison, go to prison, get out of prison... Shot his wife in 1973, and Miguel was released in 1977. He was found not guilty by reasons of insanity. And from then on, he oh continued. Oh, my gosh. That's nuts, isn't mm-hmm. it? Less, oh less than four years in prison after shooting his wife in the face See, just, over a domestic dispute. Yeah. Just the, the legal justice system is just so broken and messed so up. So skewed. So yeah, skewed. Absolutely. But again, we have to remember that this was back in the 70s let's look on the brighter side of things and say that we've cracked down quite a bit more and now we have way less of these crazy sons of guns running around. So at least things are on the up and up, right? Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. It's the best time to be alive right now. So So going from his influences and his childhood, let's look at some of his crimes. Again... This is extremely graphic, and if you're not into this kind of stuff, this is where I would recommend kind of skipping ahead. Yeah, turn, yeah, skip, skip, skip ahead a few minutes. Just stay out of this again. Just to, trying to forewarn you as much as possible. It's getting ready to get a little gross. So his first killing that we all that we know of was on April 10th, 1984. Uh, Ramirez murdered a nine-year-old Chinese American. And again, I'm not going to put out the names of any of the victims, even though I feel like the victims deserve more, um, more, yeah, thank you, more recognition than the actual murderers do, than the actual crimes do. But just out of respect for the victims and families and all that sort, I don't want to sit there and drop names or put anything out there like that. But on April 10th, 1984, Ramirez murdered a nine-year-old Chinese American in the basement of a hotel where he was living, uh... He was staying in a in, in a district in San Francisco. He raped and beat the girl before stabbing her to death and hanging her body from a pipe. Yeah, I guess they, they left that one out of the documentary because I don't remember that. That's pretty grotesque. And there's a lot about Richard Ramirez that people, people don't quite know because this dude was just so dark and so sadistic that that's not really something you can put into a Netflix documentary. Well, I was going to say, it's probably like, they can only like go so dark with it before people are just not going to even watch it at all. Yeah, exactly. So. And again, that's why I'm trying to give everybody a heads up on this stuff. 
we'll dull it down a little bit, but not too much until we get through all of Richard Ramirez's crimes. Not all of them, but we're going to touch base on a couple of them. So this was Richard's first known killing, and he wasn't identified as being a... Uh, he wasn't identified as being connected to this crime until 2009 when Ramirez's DNA was matched to a sample attained at the crime scene. So again, thanks to technology, you know, things that weren't around back in the 70s, uh, 80s, we're moving forward in that aspect. Keeping these guys off the streets. Yeah, exactly. This guy was so brutal that he pulled a 30-year-old woman out of her car in a park and shot her twice with a 22 caliber handgun and then ran off. So he didn't even <clears throat> didn't even bother robbing her. He just killed her just to kill her, just because. Um, in 1985, when breaking into a home, and I believe, uh, yeah, this is this is yeah this is the last crime that we'll touch on with Richard Ramirez because I'd like to get to your guys' topics as well. But in 1985, oh, when breaking into a home, he had already burglarized only a year prior. He murdered the couple there by shooting the husband in the head, bounding the wife, shooting her three times, and then carving her up with a butcher knife. He only left the house. He only left the house after removing the wife's eyes and taking them with him in a jewelry box. Was it her jewelry box? I would assume so. Mm. Well, I didn't know if he. And his own jewelry that he brought with him. So. Yeah, no, that's just insult to injury, taking your eyes and your jewelry box. That's messed up. Well, I mean, he didn't have motives to steal from people, so... I'd... You're not wrong. Just did it for the pleasure. Uh, he he used all kinds of weapons, things like tire irons, machetes, guns, all kinds of messed up shit. And he was only identified after leaving a fingerprint in a stolen car. He tried cleaning the car, but apparently he tried, you know, wiping it down, yeah. getting rid of all the evidence. But he left a fingerprint, I believe, in the rearview mirror. So, uh, you know, now they know they've identified who this killer is. They've connected to. They've connected this twenty-five-year-old Ramirez to all of these crimes. No, it's just Cadmus. Yeah, exactly. The police are releasing these press statements saying, "Hey, we know who this is. This is who this guy is. His face is plastered all over California." Well, in this time that he's being discovered. He goes to visit his brother in a different state, in Arizona. By the time he's in Arizona, he comes back. <clears throat> he starts noticing all these people looking at him and, you know, acting funny. He starts hearing people say, uh, if I'm not mistaken, he's hearing Hispanic women saying El Matador, which means the killer. Um, and when he hears this, he's, you know, freaking out. He's like, oh, crap, I've been... He runs over to this newspaper stand and sees his face on the front page of all of these newspapers so people are identifying him. He starts getting chased. And then he finally gets brought down by this mob of people who beat him down with a... There, there was a metal rod he got cracked over the head with. And he just got beat down mercilessly by this group of people until the police came and detained him. I'm surprised he survived that, honestly. I'm surprised he survived that as well. And unfortunately, Ramirez met his demise in 2013 to B-cell lymphoma. I think guys like that are people we should try and get to a little bit quicker on the whole death row situation. Yeah. <clears throat> so that's kind of my basis on Richard Ramirez. There's one more serial killer that I like to talk about. Uh, we can just kind of touch over him briefly. Again, serial killers are 
one of my favorite things to talk about crimes or one of my favorite things to talk about next to all that nerdy shit that I can get into space aliens uh, iRobot you're welcome Zach (laughs) we didn't make a reference last episode I I don't believe no no. that's alright okay well just as long as it pops in every now and then so the final serial killer I'd like to touch base on is Darren Dion Van and this is a Fairly recent serial killer, and the reason I want to talk about him is because his whole spree came to an end here in Indiana. Uh, He was arrested in 2014 for the murder of a 19-year-old prostitute. He has confessed to killing at least six more women. It wasn't the first time he had been in trouble with the cops. Van had been convicted of aggravated rape in 2009 in Texas, and after serving a total of five years, he returned to his home state of Indiana in July 2013. There, he killed, he killed the 19-year-old prostitute, strangled her, and left her body in the bathtub of a motel room. But he was, cu- he was caught on surveillance cameras, and when police questioned him, he admitted to killing six more women. Soon, he led investigators to bodies that he had left in abandoned buildings around Gary, Indiana. In addition to murder charges, Van faced counts of rape, attempted murder, and criminal confinement, and is facing the death penalty for his crimes. I'm ashamed Gary, Indiana is even associated with Indiana. Gary, Indiana is a scary place. Yeah, it's, it's yeah, it's like the, it's a very poor place too, though. Yeah, yeah, it's like the uh, it's kind of like a suburb of Chicago, right? I mean, yeah, it's but very that, close to it. Yeah, but that's it's not, not that close, but it's fairly yeah. close to it. It's like an hour away. Oh. oh, so just one more little fact we can touch base on about serial killers. Uh, so as the number of serial killings has supposedly fallen, so too has the rate of murder cases solved. In 1965, the U.S. homicide clearance rate was 91%, and by 2017, it has dropped to 61.6%, which is, which is one of the lowest rates in the Western world. So in other words, about 40% of the time, murderers get away with murder. Yeah. Yeah, it was just the whole legal system and the a couple of chilling facts there for you. But if you're interested in the serial killers, there's all kinds of places you can go to look into that. The internet's a big one, you know. It sounds like we just need to hire better detectives. Is what it sounds like. There, well, I mean, there's, there's a, there's a to go yeah, there, there's a lot of places or there's a lot of steps along that whole judicial, along the whole legal system that are just. Just backwards that just don't make any sense. Yeah. Well, yeah. to go ahead and get away from such dark topics, uh, Kevin, you wanted to go from talking about serial killers to. Well, actually, speaking of serial killers, and I've heard the word serial so many times, it kind of leads me into my topic for this week, uh, which is good fashioned, light hearted childhood cartoons. So I pulled up a list from BuzzFeed, uh, which is a very popular website I get a lot of info from, uh, just general topics and things of that nature. Uh, 2000, I'm sorry, 24 kid shows that 90s and 2000s kids forgot about but definitely watch. Oh, I'm excited for this one. So I'm not going to name all of them, but I'm going to name a pretty good chunk of them and just going down the list to see uh, if there's any that y'all watch. I think it's a mixture of like uh, Disney Channel, uh, Cartoon Network... Uh, Nickelodeon things of Nick Jr. things of that nature. Uh, so I'm gonna go down this list and see uh, what y'all remember. Uh, if you watched it all, if you liked it, didn't like it, all that good stuff. 
Uh, the first one is a show called Roly Poly Oly. It was on Disney Channel on the show, a, a graphic here to the guys. Yeah, was, I remember yeah, it, but I, I didn't watch it. I'm very familiar with it, yeah. I probably love that show. Uh, I don't know if there was on the kids' show I didn't like. Interesting. Oh, no. You still like that show, don't you? Yeah, he probably still watches it. Uh, that show actually took place uh, from 1998 to 2004, so the show's been off the air for about 17 years now. Yeah, it was a Disney show. It was, a, it was on Disney Channel. It was a uh, see just just a lot of these cartoons you kind of go back on now and watch. It's just like wow. The difference I, I is walk, now. Well, just like this is kind of, the the way they made the characters look and the way they act and stuff. It was kind of creepy. I don't know if Roly the Roly Poly Oly Moly was, but um. So another one that I'm sure most people have watched. Uh, was on from 1999 to 2005, the ever-popular Dragon Tales. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, so Dragon Tales was on, I believe it was the, the local PBS channel, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Uh, but that was uh, around the time that we were we were starting Squad. I do remember watching Dragon Tales quite a bit and the two little children. Yeah, I, remember. I don't remember anything about that show, but I do remember watching it yeah. all the time. They yep. did the little magical scale or some crap. Yeah. yeah, I would uh, every Saturday morning uh, sit in my inflatable Pokemon chair and eat two blueberry pop tarts with my two percent milk, go. and it was a heyday for me. Not skim milk or you know no fat. No, I've converted to skim milk as I've gotten older. Hopefully, I'm not jumping ahead, but the show that I used to watch all the time was Tom and Jerry. Tom and Jerry is definitely a good one. I'm not sure if it was on this list or not. Just because yeah, Tom and Jerry's not. been around for... I hope not. Yeah, yeah I mean, that, it's been around for... I, watch that. I yeah, used to watch that all the time. That's just, yeah, that's been around since, like, our, our parents. I'm just saying, back when I was a kid, that was the show that I watched. That and Scooby-Doo. Yeah. Those were the two that I really prevalently remember watching as a child. Well, okay, old-timer. We're listing cartoons, though, that came out during the 90s and early 2000s. So. I am so sorry. Did not mean to offend. Yeah. He definitely did. Showing, uh, showing your age a little bit, bud. Another one was uh, on from 1998 to 2004. Uh, features the uh, family of wild thornberries. Oh, yeah. There we go. Uh, definitely a classic on for what several seasons on uh, Nickelodeon. Donnie? The little crazy guy? Yeah. Was that the monkey? No, that was the little boy. Yeah, yeah, the little boy. Boy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was pretty good. <laughs> That's exactly what I hear every time Zach talks, though. Basically, so, yes. Yeah. He uh, thinks he's speaking actual words, but what he's actually doing is, you know, that, yeah, that's that, what, that, that's, whatever noise that is. So that's if we start calling you Donnie, you know what we're talking about. That, it's actually, I should change this picture, my phone. <laughs> yeah. uh, next one uh, was on, I think, I remember watching this, but it was on a lot longer than I think most people think. Uh, was on for 13 years. Was the show from 1997 to 2010, Caillou? So Caillou oh, was the little bald kid. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. I yeah. never watched that show. Oh, I was a little too old for that. No. That guy scared me. No, <laughs> I was like, "What the hell is wrong with this guy?" And the fact that he was bald really just yeah, there's know. nothing wrong with being bald. You ba- shut your mouth. Bald at six, though. I I always. It, yeah, that's weird. It's okay, a little yeah, curious. <laughs> Maybe he just liked the buzz cut. I don't know. Well, I'm bald at 26. <laughs> That's a little different. That's because you have a receding hair problem, as do I. 
Uh, one of my most favorite shows, Nickelodeon. Uh, yeah, I felt like it was on a lot longer, maybe just because I watched a lot of reruns uh, from 1999 to 2004. Wait, let me guess. Rocket Power? Bingo. Oh, yes. Got it. Got it. I love that show. the ever Rocket Power. Everybody says that. Only, Dude, that show was, was only on for five years. Five years. Yeah, that, I feel like that show was on forever. That's the only reason I guessed that it was Rocket Power, because it, I felt like that show had such a short stint yeah. in my childhood, and I wish it would have lasted longer. Yeah. I mean, that show was I love fantastic. that show. I don't know why it stopped after five years. No, no. It's a classic. Though. That was one of the greatest. It was great. I think, yeah, that was, that's, I remember uh, I bought my first skateboard because of that show. What's uh, Codename Kid Next Door? I used to watch Codename that all Kid the time. Next Door. That one's not on this that list. Didn't that didn't make the list either. No, oh my a, gosh. That's a very good one. Um, that was is, this, one is this like a list of like the greatest? Or just no, like, no. Just a random, like ones people wouldn't necessarily think about. All right. Kind of, what about um, um, Phil of the Future from Disney? That's not a cartoon. That. Oh, wait. Are we just doing cartoons? I yeah, thought we were doing... Here. I thought you said we were doing like, like all of the no, stuff from our childhood. Yeah, okay. Cartoons. I was thinking TV shows too. Yeah. I was sitting there like the oh, we the Mickey Mouse Clubhouse yeah. thing. Well, that, or yeah, that's uh, is that a cartoon? That's a, that's a cartoon. Oh yeah. man, that's I've still going way on, though, too much since I was a child. That's crazy. Yeah. Uh, another all good brain one cells. has now been off the air uh, for 19 years from Cartoon Network. Courage the Cowardly Dog. Oh, I feel like that one didn't last very long. I love that one. Just because oh, it was so good though. So good. Just how creepy it was. I don't know if this is true or if this was on a creepy pasta that I read somewhere, but supposedly the middle of nowhere is based off of a real location. Oh, I can see that. I don't know if that's true or not, but that's something that I read somewhere on the internet at some point in my life. Hmm. You believe everything you read off the internet? No, that's why I said I don't know if it's true. So allegedly. Allegedly, yeah. Allegedly. <laughs> allegedly, according to the internet, it's true, but I don't know if that's true or not. I'm going to look that up right now, but well, continue. So while he's lo- looking at that, you know, the list goes on. There, there was just a few that, um, you know, once you just don't think about the beaten path, but were there ones, I'm curious, that uh, really stand out in your childhood uh, that you, you miss oh. watching or what, get a nostalgic feeling when you see it on today or things of that 100%. nature? 100%. SpongeBob SquarePants. That's Bob still on, and you can still classic. watch it if you want. What is it? There's a... Yeah, there's streaming service. Yeah, Par- oh, yeah. Prime, Prime TV. You can go to there and watch all oh, of Oh, well, it's going to be on Paramount Plus, which makes me tempted to get it. Dude, you have like all the streaming services. Don't you have, you don't have Amazon Prime? No. That's like one of the old Your wife doesn't I'm have really Amazon Prime? I'm really surprised you don't have Amazon Prime. Oh, uh, no. no. What? That's insane. I, we, we don't, we, surprisingly, we, we don't order much stuff off of Amazon. Okay, well, tell actually don't introduce Taylor to that because then you, you're, you're done. Broke, probably. Everything you guys have, everything you've ever wanted, is on, on the internet. Hey, we're more uh, brick and mortar people. So oh, look at you okay, supporting listen, small business. I actually I love going into stores and walking around looking at stuff from my house. That is a very good feeling, but convenience wise, bro, Amazon all day. Yeah, so, fun fact, the middle of nowhere was an actual place located in New Mexico. The elderly couple who owned the house with their dog repeatedly witnessed many strange its incidents. They once reported seeing a creature they identified as a skinwalker. I don't know how true that is, but, yeah, that's according to Pinterest. So, again, you know, don't know how true that is either. You know, just, like, hearing... But the internet. Like, who, whoever the creator of Courage Cowboy the Dog was, and they heard this, like, little story or whatever, and then... For them to have a light bulb golf their head, big bingo! This would be a great children's 
cartoon. Well, it may have had something to do like influence in his life. And the reason I state that is like it, it really, and just to, you know, kind of bring it closer to home too, is the, obviously Evansville is famous for uh, having several spots in the uh, ever popular TV show called Roseanne. Really? So a lot I didn't of, know that. A lot, yes, you did. So, <laughs> uh, you know, several of the locations, especially here on the west side of Evansville, uh, are You're telling featured. me John Goodman's been to Evansville? Yeah, I think the whole cast has been here to Evansville. I don't care about Roseanne, but John Goodman? Yeah. Anyways, so, um, and the reason why that was, I believe, is one of the co- co-creators of it. His grandma lived here in Evansville, or his parents, or something like that. And so, like, a lot of those, uh, like, a lot of what the show is based off of, the concept, too, is stuff that he experienced in his own life. So, you know, kind of tying it back to Courage the Cowardly Dog, maybe the co-creator or creator of that show kind of had some sort of tie into why he created it. Well, I mean, I'm not even, I'm just, like, if you've seen it, it's just like, good lord, how is this for, suited for children? This should have been, like, on Adult Swim or something. But that sure used to scare. Yeah, it was on Adult Swim on Cartoon Network. Wait, what was it? No, it wasn't. Courage the Cowardly Dog was on Adult was Swim. Was it on Adult Swim? Yeah, Night? it was on Cartoon Network's Adult Swim. I didn't know it was on Adult Swim. I thought yeah. it was. Yeah, I thought it was just on regular Cartoon yeah. Network. No, it was on Good Adult Lord. Swim. It, was well, only, it always wow. came out like I, 9 p.m. I, I knew it was a later show. I yeah. stayed way up way too late as a kid. Yeah, though. It was on Adult yeah, Swim. Dude, but I, used I to kept stay repeatedly so coming back. I don't know why. I kept getting so scared, having nightmares about it, and I was like, I can't wait for the next episode. I loved that show. It used to scare me, but it didn't give me like nightmares. Except for that one episode where they had like the ghost dude. I mean, there's all kinds of ghost dudes, but the guy was like green and had like some red snake looking hair. That episode used to freak me out. But talking about other childhood shows that we love, Ed, Ed, and Eddie. Ed, Ed, and Eddie. That, that, that was, was the best. Yeah. Also, I believe on Cartoon Network. Yeah. That, oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Ed, Ed, and Cartoon Network was just was the superior. Like, yeah, I, I tried like, hands I, down. I tried a gobstopper um, because of that show. Yeah, I thought same. it was going to be like freaking amazing, just yeah. because like the biggest letdown of your childhood. Yeah, yeah. the whole show is like centered around freaking them making or there you go, them making money to get jawbreakers or gobstoppers or whatever they're called. Jawbreakers. And yeah, I, I just was like, well, if they're if they're trying to you know come up with these hustler kind of things to get this. It has to be amazing. Um, Terrible. There it's good is product placement. There's like the giant version of the Gobstopper that's like the size of a small jawbreaker. baseball. Yeah, the actual jawbreaker. And I used to be so excited as a little kid because I wanted one so bad, and then I got one, and I was like, "How the heck am I supposed to eat yeah, this thing? It's a like, huge I can't choking that in my mouth." Too. Yeah, so that was that was a disappointment. Also, as me well. being a stupid kid is um, I actually my first skateboard was a the graphics on it was Rocket Power. Oh, and cool. for some reason, I just expected to jump on the skateboard and start skateboarding yeah. like those kids. Yeah. And I got really mad at Reggie. And then I, think I ended up snapping in half or something. I remember building you, well, helping you build your half pipe at your house. That's little, hilarious. Yeah, you remember Did that? Did you really? Yeah. You guys literally go, you you go, uh, Austin, you go, you go to Memorial. Here, you read this. And I was like, <laughs> What? 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 Yeah, that happened. You know, it's funny what you remember, and I don't remember because I feel like a devil have a better memory than you. Well, you that know, you would happened. think that, but I have a pretty, I'm a pretty smart fellow. So basically, what I was saying was, Austin, you're more privileged. Here you go. That's pretty much what you were trying Austin, to say. Austin, you're yeah. better with carpentry. 
Yeah, you were like, Austin, you're smarter than me. You read this. And I was like, yeah, I know. I got you. Another one <laughs> on the Cartoon Network subject, another good one that was uh, I always got a kick out of it, didn't get to watch a whole lot just because it was, I felt like so it wasn't the, on. So, so as far as your cartoons as a kid, you, you basically, like, Cartoon Network was your go-to. Yeah, yeah, for the most here. part, Cartoon mm-hmm. Network, then Nickelodeon, and yep. then Disney Channel. Yep, hands um, down. But another solid one was Johnny Bravo. Oh, yeah, That's, Samurai Jack. Yeah, Samurai yep. Jack was a good one. Johnny um, Bravo, that's uh, yeah, that one was awesome. Now looking back today, that's your typical uh, me. Like remember the old life. show Cat Dog? Yeah, that was a good. I one used to love that. Cat Dog, Cat. That was dog. that Nickelodeon? Yeah, yeah, yeah that was a Nickelodeon. Movie. I used to love the mouse on that show, Little Winston. Yeah, he yeah, used to, like, yes, kick on that yes. door. He'd like scream. Teenage Mutant Ninja Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles was always a good show. That's been around for a hot second for a long time. Oh, let's hope these people listening really love some cartoons. Cause, well, you know, talking about serial so. killers for half an hour, I wanted to make sure that we put a little, little sugar on that spice, if you know what I mean. Um, yeah. But Austin, is there any cartoons that, uh, any other cartoons you think that kind of give you that nostalgic feeling? Or dude, there are Dexter's Laboratory. Oh, that's a good there one. are so D-D. many. I'm so glad you brought this up. Uh, Pokemon, of course. That's a good one. Uh, or is that even okay, this remember? isn't this isn't animated, so don't condemn me for this. But Drake and Josh, yeah, I mean that was a good one. That was a great show back yeah, in the day. That one was pretty classic. I'll probably get rewatch the whole thing. The Fairly Odd Parents, Rugrats. Yeah, Fairly Odd Parents. Oh, sure. that, yes, I mean, Fairly Odd Parents. That was Jimmy Neutron was another that's one of the, my favorites. Yep, that was the one I was just about to bring up. Uh, Foster's Home for Imaginary Friends. God, I forgot I about like, that. I feel loved like that kids show. These days, man, they have it. And they they don't even know it. They have it bad as far as cartoons go. Yeah, cartoons yeah, their cartoons days. suck. Maybe that's just because even SpongeBob has changed. Honestly, yeah, I watched, SpongeBob's weird. Now, bro. Like a while back, I'd seen an episode of SpongeBob come on, and I was like, "What? It like? I mean, the graphics are tremendous, but well, and, but it's just different." Yeah. Well, in uh, like your older SpongeBob episodes, like some of the things that happen it's in those, insane to go back in. Well, it's just like if. They did that, like, say that was a new episode today. Oof, I thought that There's so many backlash. spoof theories on SpongeBob, too. It's so funny. Oh. Yeah, how uh, Mr. Krabs, the Krusty Krab, is a, actually a, a lobster trap or a crab trap. Yeah. Well, it is, actually yep, a crab. It, is. it is actually a crab trap if you look at the shape of it. Because the secret to the Krabby Patty is crab meat. And that's why he doesn't want to tell anyone the secret Krabby Patty formula, because then they'll kill him for it. Because he's murking people. Yeah. Crabs. Where did you where did you read this? There's numerous the internet, Zach. The internet. There's also so that's a, that's just a, that uh, it's allegedly yeah allegedly yeah. Yeah. word of the day. It's also allegedly that uh, Pearl is not Mr. Krabs' actual daughter. Yeah, but he found her like adopted her or something. Yeah, yeah. that's it. You're making me want to go go home. Did, you need to look read up on yeah, you need to look into. Look it. There's up, a just, lot of them. Look, just Google SpongeBob theories or SpongeBob spoof theories. There's a lot of them. There's out tons there. of yeah. them. It's been around for freaking forever. So 12, oh, tw- over 20 years now. 22 years. Came well, out I, I guess I just haven't wanted to read into it to ruin it for myself. Um, here's another show: The Grim Adventures of Billy and Mandy. That's another. One. Anyone ever watch that? That yeah. was a good one. Oh, oh man, there's so weird. many of them. Oh, when I was getting out of cartoons. Camp Laszlo was starting up. I mean, I still kind of like that, but I was it's kind of growing out of that one. Uh, what about Ben 10? That was another one I was kind of getting out of at that point. 
Yeah, that it was, was still a decent one. Yeah, yeah. I like the concept. Oh, um, to, uh, how we talked about superpowers last time. That's actually a solid superpower to have had. Is that that watch or whatever he wore, and then he like freaking just pushed it and transformed into different creatures. That's a solid superpower. Do you even know what I'm talking about? Yeah, Ben. Hey, I have to think about. It. Yeah, I remember. That would but be I a didn't cool watch one. That whole That's not so much a superpower. Is more of a. I'm oh, sorry. That's just like saying watch. Iron Man doesn't have superpowers. He doesn't. So. Uh, did we talk about Hey Arnold? Hey Arnold oh, was a I good one. About hey Arnold. I couldn't, I couldn't really get into that one. I really like Rugrats. Yeah, Rugrats is a good one. I played. I even played the uh, video game. Yeah, the video game. Did either of you guys watch Danny Phantom? A little bit. I did for a little while. Didn't really get much into that. Goodness, I can't. No more saying all these. I can't. Yeah, I watched so many cartoons yeah, as a kid. So did I. I watched Jeez. a ton of them. Uh, that, what was it? The, uh, Doug? Yeah, that Doug. was a good one. I used to watch that. Not that too a, much, but I did watch that one. Uh, the Ren and Stimpy show, Rocco's Modern Life. Rocco's Modern Life is a classic. They tried to remake yeah. it, too. Yep, yep, yep. Real Monsters, that was a good one. Oh, the Angry Real Beavers, Monsters. that was a good oh, one. Oh, my God, I forgot about that. I used to love that show. Um, Invader oh. Zim, I never really watched that. That was kind no, of weird. That, one was, that was real weird. That one, you know, the and I don't know if you guys did, but it's... Uh, like in middle school, I don't know how long it lasted, but there was people that were like obsessed with that show, and it was just like you know those, it was those kids at your middle school dance like set in the far corner of the bleachers, bashing and, people. And didn't. Are you talking about me? You he just is. said you didn't like Invaders in. Yeah, I didn't like that show, but still. Ugh. Sorry, I, I'm pulling a whole stereotype from this yes, one cartoon mean. show, but it's true. It's fine. That's true. Were you see you being mean? Well, on that Oh, note. wait. Actually, um, there was another old show, Gargoyles. Do either of you remember that? Yes. Yeah, that right. was from That's a old. long time ago, but I used to love that show, too. Recess was another good Recess one. Recess is a classic. <clears throat> Man. The, the prime of cartoons. Um, I don't know if you guys watch this, but Kim Possible? Yeah. I used to watch good. that one when I was young. On Disney Channel. Yeah, kind of... The Proud really, Family. I used to watch me, that all the time. I'm proud to have grown up in such a... Prime age of cartoons. Oh yeah, dude, that was those were the best, hands down. And, and I guess they just like freaking, they just like came out with so many within like that span of years. They're just like, well, we have no ideas left, so we'll just you get kind of tapped out after a while. We'll, we'll have uh, garbage cartoons for Gen Z to watch. There you go. Well, on that note, it was a nice trip down memory lane. Pretty nostalgic there. Very nostalgic. And I, I recommend that if you guys haven't, you know, if this brought up some good uh, memories or good feelings for you, uh, drop us on our Instagram what some of your favorite cartoons were growing up. If we if we didn't mention them or if you've got a hidden gem that you think we should check out. Or uh, if you liked Invader Zim and you didn't like what I said. Then find Zach on Instagram and please bash him because he, Lord knows he definitely deserves it for making fun of you. He shouldn't have done that. And he is apologetic for it. Or just hit the unfollow button. That's please, God, no. no. no Don't no, unfollow no, us. Please, no. Just block us No, out. I'm talking about unfollow me personally. That's his goal. So with that being said, I humbly turn it over to our third member of the group, Mr. Zach Young. <laughs> All, right. All right, folks. We're going to... Wrap it up with a good one tonight, uh, I don't know. this that evening, this morning, you know, whenever you're listening to this podcast. Um, and I'm going to talk about minimalism. 
What is that you say? Well, before I tell you. That's not what we said. No one said that at all. Well, before I answer that question for you, I'm going to. Do ask the question. All right, I'll ask. What is minimalism, Zach? Well, before I answer that for you, Austin, I'm going to kind of just talk about our society, um, what has been kind of normalized in our brain, and um, as far as just like advertising and um, I guess just the way we've been brought up uh, as for most people that um, society is very materialistic um, as far as just owning, you know, the newest shiniest toy as far as phones cars houses that sort of thing um we're always striving to uh at least most of us to make the most money we can that way we not only have the the best of uh things to show off and boast about but to as far as a status too just to um you know feel like we're higher up in society feel like we have some kind of importance or something like that and um so basically, my point of saying that is, is that, um, and of, again, not all people, but m- most people, when you kind of strive for that status or the newest things, um, you, it's obviously a stressful journey to um, obtain those things. And, and somewhere along the lines, you may be so concentrated on uh, obtaining these things, obtaining the status um you kind of lose track of maybe, you know, personal relationships, um, maybe even your health, your physical health, mental health, um, just to try to um, get to that end, well, end goal or maybe that never-ending goal of um, status, money, um, and when there's actually more things to worry about in life than just materialistic things. So what is minimalism? And I will read you the definition that I found on a website. So minimalism is a tool to rid yourself of life's excess in favor of focusing on what's important so you can find happiness, fulfillment, and freedom. Um, Minimalism can help um, eliminate our discontent, reclaim our time, help us live in the moment, pursue our passions, discover our missions, experience real freedom, create more, consume less, focus on our health, grow as individuals, contribute beyond ourselves, rid ourselves of excess stuff, discover purpose in our lives. Okay, well, let me ask you, because this is all very technical stuff. Is this going to be a rude question? No, what is minimal? I mean, you want me to make it rude? I'll make it rude, I, know, I, like I can make it rude, Zach. I feel like you're I'm so sorry. Some Anyways, like backhanded me, question. No, I was going to ask you, what is minimalism? Like, what does it mean to you? Why? Why do you think it's important? So, as far as like, and I'll just tell you what, like, as far as what I've read up on, no, 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 my understanding of it. I want to know why you think it's important to you. Why is it important oh, to you? Well, I mean, and as far as being a minimalist, I don't consider myself one at all. But if I were to be one, I feel like I could definitely fall kind of in the middle grounds of it just because I, I'm not too, I'm not like my life's purpose is not to, like I kind of described, um, you know, purchase a lot of materialistic things, get the nicest, best, newest uh, phone, car, house, 
that sort of thing. But then again, I do like to obviously have uh, more stuff than what I probably should. So, and obviously being a minimalist is living with the least amount of stuff. Um, but then basically just having your necessities. So not having, not having a, a full freaking walk-in closet of clothes. Maybe you have like just, you know, three shirts, three pants, and a pair of shoes. I have well, seen you wear the same hoodie to the gym since I met you five years ago. That's almost taking, like, there's also extremes of these things, too. Like, maybe you don't have to necessarily take minimalism to an well, extreme. Well, that's, right? that's what I was saying was, like, the way I interpret it. I mean, many people can interpret it in different ways. And, um, I mean, it's because I feel like there are so many ways of defining it. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, it's just basically just trying to get people to not focus on just this one huge thing that we are brought up on as far as like, cause that's what advertising does. It, it makes you want to, you know, have the next best thing, um, to, you know, be able to boast about it to your friends or just to feel like you kind of still b- belong in the, uh, whole of society. The, the FOMO, the fear of missing out type of thing. Yeah, that too. And, um, I mean, and as far as like what they describe in this article is like um, people uh, live in like tiny houses, mobile houses, that sort of thing, That's where they really where they live it. they live in the the only necessary space that they need. They don't live in like a freaking three thousand square foot house where I mean obviously who who even need like no one needs a three thousand square foot house 3,000 square feet isn't too terribly big yeah you're talking like my house is 1,500 that is plenty big yeah but wait till you have a family yeah wait till you have a family wait till you have kids yeah okay then you'll be like wait a second and I'm not saying I'm not saying that I would do this obviously because um I feel like being like a true like hardcore minimalist you need to obviously or just find someone who has those same wants um, and I guess uh, purpose in life to achieve but but like obviously with my wife now I'm not going to achieve that so (laughs) uh, but if I if I were say if me and Taylor never met and I was to live on my own I firmly believe I would have an apartment with just a recliner a TV and a a bed a hundred percent, you would. Yeah. So that's where, and that's where I say I kind of fall in the middle grounds of it. Um, I, I mean, I really like clothes, so that's part of, I guess, where I fall off the lines of being a hardcore minimalist. But as far as like what, what, what do you guys? Where do you think you guys stand? Do you do you think that you have fallen victim of? Like materialism, yeah, and materialism yeah. and buying things. Oh, yeah. and in terms of minimalism, I'm a piece of crap. Not, not that I have to have like the latest, nicest, up to date things, but I gotta have nice stuff, man. I'm not gonna. I don't have a lot of nice clothes, but I have some nice clothes, you know. Well, that's. I mean, and you don't have to. So, like, you could have like, I don't know, just like four or five outfits, but they are like super nice, you know. Yeah, but I also have like. I think I have freaking four TVs in my house, and I live alone. <laughs> that's like, that's no joke. And I have yeah, that is a, 
That is a lot. Quite a bit of decoration. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That that that's something I'm definitely guilty of. Is that um, yeah? I have to have the biggest TV. Yeah, yeah you guess. do. You just got a new one. How big's your TV? Sixty-two now. Sixty-five. Sixty-five. Okay. <laughs> I just wanted to check. Oh, because you want to one up me? Is that what? Oh, I'm already. Good. I'm gonna get seventy inch next week. Now I'm okay. gonna one up him. So I'm gonna guess Kevin. You two. He, he's gonna. You, Fall victim of. I wonder how big that the materialism. This is your walking projector system. The materialism and. Um. So yes and no. Like they're um in, only in certain aspects. Uh, I like having uh things that I use on a regular basis to be of of good quality to be you know new or updated. Uh, so like TV, I use a TV every day. I like I like the nice, the fanciest, yeah, yeah, very you know good uh, graphics on it. You want to you know make sure that you get the top quality. I'm always upgrading, you know, uh, as right. I see fit. Yeah, and I mean I guess that's that's part of like the way I interpret minimalism or being a minimalist is like um, just kind of. Maybe taking a look around at what you do own, and like if you're like, oh, I think I could do without that, then I mean, obviously, like TV, that's something you watch every day. So, I mean, that's. But then also, in the same aspect, I like, I'm very OCD, so I like things to be in a certain place, so I don't like a lot of clutter. So, I'm a minimalist in that I don't like, if I'm not using it on a daily basis, I like to get rid oh, of it right. or like put it away properly stored where it's out of the way and out of, out of the common eye of sight. But then at the same time, on the flip side of that, the things I do use every day, like a car, I'm always upgrading the thing I drive because I'm in it every day. So I like to just have the newest or the nicest to, to me, what I, what I can realistically afford. Uh, so, I mean, it's it's I can't say yes and I can't say no because I feel like I fall into well, the I middle mean, ground. It would, yeah, I mean, it would be obviously a car these days is practically a necessity. Um, it's also the worst we, investment you can have. Well, and yeah. I mean, it's not like we live in New York City where you could take the subway or a, yeah. a cab everywhere and or walk, for that matter. I mean, I feel like some people in big cities live within they live within walking distance of their work and like restaurants and that sort of thing where they don't have to have a car. But it's, I don't know. I, I'm kind of like to your point what you just said where you don't like to have. Clutter. Yeah. Um, I'm I'm that way too. I feel like the less things I can own is the better, just because having a, an abundance amount of things stresses me out. Sure. So, and I feel like the whole if well the whole point of me for being a minimalist or just at least owning the least amount of things to be less stressed out about is to be able to have experiences rather than materialistic things because experiences obviously lead to memories which memories are forever and things uh things really aren't forever not most things <laughs> um, no, i yeah. think one aspect of life that i try to minimalize in is uh like wasting food yeah i try my best not to waste food because one the stuff's expensive and it builds up so fast yeah well that's <laughs> Zach doesn't have that problem. I I grew up uh, where basically if, you know, dad, mom, whatever they made that night, you didn't get a choice and whatever was put on the plate, you eat it. 
and you weren't getting up until you ate all of it because there was no wasting. So going to now where me and Taylor go out to eat or something, or Taylor's just eating something, it, I just cannot help myself but to Over if she dollar. doesn't if she yeah, if she doesn't finish it I. There, I mean, there's times where I don't because no, I'm just not. so full. He eats how, it every time. How often? This is this is what I'm getting at. Are you how, saying how often does this occur? No, how often? Every meal. <laughs> yeah, how, I know. I already know. Every that. meal. How often do you throw out food? Never. No, I mean really. Um, food uh, from your house that you might buy that you don't end up eating. It's mostly just. As for uh, it's like deli deli meats. Yep. It's, it only lasts. I don't know, what. Couple three, days, three or four days, mm-hmm. and that's only because we may not get around to. It. We mainly buy it for our lunch, so if we don't get around to making our own lunch, then that's where it gets wasted. But other than that, I, I really feel like we don't waste that much. So, how much? Five percent. How okay? Yes, it's per, per, percent, yeah. percentage wise. Five percent. Percentage wise, how much food would you say America throws out every year? Approximately forty five percent. Forty five percent. It's probably stupid. It's probably like seventy. Wow! Wow! You guys are freaking highballing. It's about thirty to forty percent. But that's why. I mean, that that's a big reason you should try to minimize on the food you're throwing out. Yeah. Throwing away thirty to forty percent of our food produce that could be used to feed hungry people. Man, yeah. come on. Be responsible. Grow up. Eat your food. Yeah, and I mean, I, I mean, obviously, there's a big. Uh, I don't know if there. Uh, I may be blowing it like out of proportion but there's a been hearing a lot more about uh like your ugly produce not being like fit for uh like sh- you're being on shelves and stuff like that so they just yeah, automatically toss it out and yeah so it's like people won't buy it unless it's pretty yeah something like that people are picky go to a farmer's market yeah being right. being uh oh, what's it called just there's they're just it's got to be pretty it's just got to be fair. Oh, I get it. But, yeah, uh, there's a great uh, documentary if you guys want to kind of um, see into the lives of actual minimalists um, on Netflix. It's called Minimalism, a documentary about the important things. It Obviously, I'm not the best at explaining it or even talking about it, but um, this will definitely give you a deep dive into um, what minimalism is about and how these people go about living that kind of lifestyle. Um, I, I mean, obviously, I feel like if more people lived like this, um, maybe uh, mental health issues wouldn't be such a big big issue and um, it'd be more green for the earth, obviously, because people wouldn't be buying so many, th- like, so many things, which would lead to less waste. And I don't know, I just, I just feel like it's a... It's a, even if you don't want to do it yourself, just to even educate yourself on what minimalism is, I feel like that's a great thing to do. So Yeah, it's definitely something I feel like everybody should have something of a base understanding in or just touch basis with it. And who knows? I mean, maybe maybe you'll go look at that uh, documentary on Netflix and look at your significant other and be like, let's get rid of this house right now. Hey, Netflix, you should sponsor us. We've dropped your name about 30 times. 50 dozen times. And we've dropped the word allegedly. Like Ah, uh, yes, allegedly. I wrote a lot. Anyways, uh, hopefully you guys really enjoyed these uh, 
diverse topics. Wide. Yeah, wide. we were all over the place tonight. Yeah, all over the place. But um, And I also just want to say, if you guys have made it to episode 10, big thank you. Yeah, that's awesome. Oof. We appreciate the support. Yeah, some of the, some of the stuff we've talked about are just... Um, I don't know, side comments, that sort of thing. If you've made it this far, thank you. Um, continue listening. That's impressive. You must like torture. <laughs> you sadist, you. Or the soothing sound of nonsensology that we've brought to the uh, table for. Kevin, plug weeks. them socials, bro. Uh, be sure to follow us on all things socials, Instagram and Facebook, Nonsensology Podcast, as always. We love the feedback, so please be sure to uh, send us a DM, leave us a comment on any of our posts. Um, and also to just follow us or make sure to subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, basically wherever you listen to podcasts every week. Be sure to add Nonsenseology to your rotation. And be sure to leave us a five-star review if you haven't left us one yet. Join the club, join the fun, be a part of the nonsense. Y'all have a good night. We'll Catch us outside. How about that? Gang, gang. Dang it. <laughs>